it's hard. Really, really hard. All right. The Winning is Hard podcast is back after a much-needed bye week. Westcott, I think it came at the perfect time. Yeah, no question. Uh, Longhorns uh, lost two leads in the last two games. Uh, obviously got up 28-7 to against Oklahoma. Uh Blew the lead against Oklahoma State, um, but meltdown that kind of started when Casey Thompson threw a pick six uh, when Texas had a chance uh, to go up uh, 20 to three. And uh, so, you know, Texas uh, using the bye week just to, um, you know, get a little bit more healthy physically, but uh, also I I think to get more healthy mentally. you know, it wasn't really how Steve Sarkeesian framed it in his press conference with the media, uh, but I was listening to his post-game interview with um, uh, Craig Way on the horn. And, um, you know, Sark mentioned that this team is a little bit fragile mentally. And, um, you know, I think even if maybe they weren't necessarily that way heading into those those two games, I, I think they, they certainly came out of those two games um, a little bit fragile mentally and just uh, needing to get a, a little bit, uh, more toughness in that area of the game. Yes, yeah, Sark has mentioned all year, you know, talking about the mental <laughs> psyche and something that he touched on in his press conference today. He opened up with trying to get, you know, the, the psyche, work on the psyche just as much as all the other aspects of the game and during this bye week. And it's something that definitely seems to have rolled over from uh, Tom Herman's era and, and Charlie Strong era, just these the Texas teams unable to close out games. And, you know, I thought maybe after the TCU game that it kind of switched, but obviously not, especially after the Oklahoma and the Oklahoma State meltdown. I Honestly, to me, I think the Oklahoma State loss is, is much worse than the Oklahoma loss. Yeah, I think so. Um, Oklahoma State, not really a team that's very well built uh, for comebacks, not very explosive um, in the passing game right now. And you know, I think that was where the, the interception from – you know, Casey Thompson hurt so much, but just in kind of, you know, going back and thinking about this, you know, years ago, uh, as the Mac Brown era kind of fell apart and as Charlie Strong uh, struggled to to build teams that, you know, had a level of mental toughness, uh, players would talk about, you know, the here we go again moments on the sidelines where, you know, something would go wrong early in the game and, and you know, all of the players would react with this collective lack of agency, like the game was happening to them oh, here we go again, instead of having the ability to assert themselves on the game to create winning outcomes. And, um, you know, I think for Tom Herman, um, you know, part of the issue was was not being able to close out. But, you know, they also weren't able to get very many big leads. And so, you know, the biggest lead that I could find that, that Tom Herman blew, you know, they came close against Oklahoma, um, you know, in 2018 when they lost a 21-point lead. Otherwise, in a loss, uh, there were two games when they lost 10-point leads. Um, and, and that was a small. So I think if there's a positive side of this, it's that Texas, in creating these leads, is doing something that it's only very rarely been able to do, especially against good teams. And, you know, Oklahoma with Caleb Williams, you know, is, is a really good team. Oklahoma State, you know, has some limitations, but, you know, that, that elite level defense 
um, you know, can certainly give them opportunities to win. Uh, they're a little bit more risk averse uh, than they used to be under, um, you know, some different Mike Gundy teams. But, um, you know, I, I think if there is a positive, it's that, you know, if Texas can execute a little bit better, uh, especially keeping the offense on the on the field to protect the defense a little bit. You know, Steve Sarkeesian talked about last week, you know, this struggle to, to play complementary football. You know, Texas allowed Oklahoma State to, to hold the ball for, you know, more than 20 minutes in the second half. And, you know, that's just a, a recipe for, you know, run fits starting to really fall apart for the defense. Yeah, I thought the key for Texas to beat Oklahoma State was being able to just wear down Oklahoma State's defense. And by the second half, by the fourth quarter, Texas could just give the ball to Bijan and he would just get six, seven, eight yards per carry. It was the other way around where Oklahoma State finally in that, that fourth quarter, Warren was able to just kind of, you know, wear down this Texas defense and rush for what, 140, 143 yards in the fourth quarter or maybe total offense. But either way, they were able to get to Texas through the run game. And um, it's just it's frustrating to watch, to be honest. Yeah, uh, fourth quarter, Texas gave up 145 rushing yards, uh, 6.9 uh, yards per carry, 170 um, total yards um, in that quarter. You know, in the first half, Texas held together pretty well. Um, you know, only gave up 30 rushing yards in the second quarter, 20 rushing yards in the first quarter. And, um, you know, that, that run defense uh, just, you know, wasn't able to hold up in the second half, certainly you know, not having DeMarvin overshone. Uh, hurt there, but you know, really, uh, you know, um, Jalen Jalen Ford played pretty well in that game. Led the team with with twelve tackles. Yeah. I think he's a guy who could, uh, you know, earn more playing time with Luke Brockermeyer. Um, a little bit banged up with that that shoulder, and um, you know, not really having the athleticism that that Ford has that you know can kind of make you right, even if you're if uh, you're a step out of position sometimes. So one thing I want to get your opinion on. Last week we didn't we didn't record, but Sark was asked, I believe it was Anwar Richardson, it could be wrong, about not giving Hudson Carr playing time as opposed to what happened in the beginning of the season when he got Casey in there when Carter was struggling. And Sark basically just said, well, I think Casey's earned the right to stay on as the starter. And some people are saying that Sark is, you know, hypocritical. Well, you did that for Casey Thompson, why not do it for Hudson Carr? What, what's your what's your thoughts on this Casey first card uh, situation currently after back to back losses? Yeah, I, th- I think fundamentally people who want to replace Casey Thompson with Hudson Card are fundamentally misunder uh, misreading the, the actual problem. Uh, you know, which in the second half of the Oklahoma game and, and the second half of the Oklahoma State game uh, was the play of the offensive line. Um, you know, Texas uh, going with a little bit more of a rotation, you know, having to play, um, you know, without Denzel Okafor, the, the six-year senior. So playing Tope Amade for the first extended period of time, uh, rotating in Hayden Connor. You know, both those guys had a couple bad moments, bad holding call on, on Tope Amade. Um, Hayden Connor gave up a sack. And then rotating, um, you know, Christian Jones and, and um, Andre Carrick, you know, at left tackle, you know, that – that's something that, you know, Texas hasn't rotated offensive linemen. I don't think that's something that any offensive line coach, you know, likes to do. And, and that's just kind of a sign of desperation of, of where they're at right now. And so I, I think that repl- uh, taking out, you know, Casey Thompson would, would do a, a disservice to him, you know, with how he's played very well still. Number seven nationally in passing efficiency. Um, 
I think was tied for the lead um, in the, in the big 12 before this, uh, the bye week and, and uh, passing touchdowns. And, and I think the, really the big risk with Hudson card that you run when putting him in the game behind a struggling offensive line is that, you know, his biggest issue that, that really surfaced in the Arkansas game was, you know, his lack of eye discipline when, you know, he starts feeling pressure in the pocket, his eyes start to drop uh, coming down to the defensive lineman. He loses um, his ability to know when he should pass. Uh, when he should scramble and, and that's really an area where where Casey Thompson has been good and, and I think that that thumb injury contributed a little bit um, to those issues you know not having Jordan Whittington certainly hurt I mean putting Hudson Card in there is not gonna you know create a, a third down you know option uh, a, re- a receiver on on third down who can make plays like you know Jordan Whittington was making and so I, I just think that um, you know there, there's not really very much upside um, and putting Hudson Card in over Casey Thompson. I, I think, you know, Casey Thompson really has a chance uh, to bounce back this week as the offensive line, you know, has a little bit more time to gel by, you know, working some of those combinations in, in practice uh, more often than I, I think they've been able to, you know, at any point going into that Oklahoma State game. And then, um, you know, that thumb getting a little more healthy too. I think, um, you know, there are a couple of plays where, you know, it looked like that was kind of bothering Casey Thompson last week. Yeah, and my argument for keeping Casey Thompson in, at the starting quarterback is I don't think Hudson Carr puts up 50, 48 points, excuse me, 48 points for the Texas offense in the Oklahoma game. I just don't think he's able to do that. No, there certainly, you know, there was an evidence in, in the first game and a half that, that he was capable of, you know, of hitting those shot plays. Uh, take, took some time definitely for Texas, uh, you know, to find that with Casey Thompson. Uh, but now, you know, Thompson has, has proven that he can do it. He doesn't have great arm strength. Um, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, of a test of that arm strength uh, to be able to push the ball down the field. But, um, you know, he was able to connect on him. And, and so, you know, that's something that, that Texas knows that, that it, it's capable of doing right now uh, with, with uh, Casey Thompson that, that Hudson Card hasn't uh, shown that he can do in a game yet. And losing Jordan Winnington, I think it is huge to this Texas offense. You know, Thompson did struggle against Oklahoma State. Wasn't his best game, but I think you had you mentioned you put out a stat about Texas struggling on, on third downs, and I don't have the numbers. I know you do, but and a lot of that is I think is just not having Jay Witt, right? Yeah, no question about that. Um, you know, he was the most reliable target on third downs, and I think the there's kind of the secondary effects of that, you know, not only on third down, but just, um, you know, the ability to execute otherwise. I mean, you know, Texas was struggling so much to protect the quarterback and and to open up running lanes for the offense that, you know, the thing that I've been calling for them to do is is to, you know, throw the ball out on the perimeter a little bit more. Uh, Obviously, Marcus Washington, you know, has done a good job blocking, but, you know, Texas gave Xavier Worthy on an opportunity to block for Marcus Washington. That didn't go well. Um, you know, after, you know, Texas went down um, and they finally, they called pin and pull and, and Bijan Robinson, you know, finally had a, a nine yard pickup after, you know, Texas had second and one to get their, pick up their first first down on offense in the second half. You know, this was late in the fourth quarter. And then, yeah. you know, Texas runs an RPO. Um, Casey Thompson gets a gets a give read from the from the overhang defender. Uh, you know, hole opens up for Bijan on that play, but they throw it out uh, to Xavier Worthy and Kelvante Dixon just completely missed his block. You know, Worthy gets tackled. Texas tries to run the zone read on the next play. Casey Thompson holds it a little bit too long. You know, the Oklahoma State 
defender dives at, you know, Cade Brewer's legs to make the, you know, that block he was trying to execute coming across the formation difficult. And um, so, you know, ha- not having Jordan Whittington, you know, makes a difference um, in the blocking game. Um, you know, Texas wanting to get Calvante Dixon on, on the field for his speed, uh, but he struggles blocking. Xavier Worthy, you know, isn't a good blocker for, for Marcus uh, Washington. And so really, you know, just only having one good blocker left in that wide receiver core, you know, kind of limits something that Texas can do to take pressure off of, you know, really trying to either throw the ball down the field or trying to run the ball in between the tackles. And that limits Marcus Washington, who by far the best blocker, I think, out of healthy Texas wideouts. But if you're asking him, you can't ask him to block every passing play, right? And he's not going to want to want to do that. And you mentioned Kelvante is someone that I've heard a lot of Texas fans, you know, want to get out there on the field, but he can't block either. So it's 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 a it's almost a, a lose lose situation right now. But I would like to see Keelan Robinson get some more get some more action that was another big um topic after that oklahoma state loss was you know why where was keelan robinson at right yep he had the uh, you know the the fly sweep um you know kind of push pass for 25 yards early in the game wasn't seen from really very much after that and i think you know the bye week you know big for those those young wide receivers as well i thought you know marcus washington finally showed some explosiveness in the passing uh game with a a 58 yard game that's something that that if that if he can provide the blocking and some flashes of of that downfield ability in the passing game then then he could you know really solidify his role um but I mean, just the, you know, the wide receiver position overall, um, you know, Sark mentioned today, just been a little bit inconsistent. And uh, that inconsistency has resulted in the passing game uh, being a little bit inconsistent as well. And so, you know, that's that's something that, um, you know, Texas is trying to get figured out. But, you know, I think Sarkeesian as a play caller is still trying to adjust a little bit. I, I thought one of the most important things that he had to say during his press conference today was, you know, just being asked about some of those second half struggles. And, you know, he mentioned that, you know, once the team starts struggling, you know, Texas had fumbles on, on, uh, by had a, a bad snap uh, following a fumble by Casey Thompson on, on two straight third downs um, in the second half uh, after that, um, you know, the drive that they scored the touchdown on. Um the only the only drive they picked up first downs in in the second half of the correct uh, my statement from earlier, but you know Sark said that you know when when the offense starts struggling, he kind of tends to default back to the the plays that he feels that the team is most comfortable with, and you know that just hasn't worked out for them. They still haven't been able to execute those plays, but you know when he's gone to what he called some of the more elaborate plays, whether that's um, you know running. Uh, fly sweeps, uh, putting more people in motion or, you know, calling plays that they haven't run very much like pin and pull, uh, which ended up being successful for John Robinson. late. Um, so I, I think that's an area where, you know, Texas could see improvement um, if Sarkeesian can just figure out the right plays to dial up. And, you know, that's certainly something that um, he needs to do because, you know, Texas has really been struggling in the fourth quarter in conference games, they had the stat up on, on LHN earlier outscored 55 to 20 in the fourth quarter in conference games this year. Uh, that's a trend that, that Texas uh, needs to reverse starting this Saturday against a good Baylor team. Yeah. They haven't not been able to finish games at all this season, obviously. And it's not just one problem. I think it's a, it's a culmination of problems. We've talked about 
you know, struggling struggles on the offensive line, right? Play calling, questionable play calling, a defense just getting worn down. It's there's a lot of issues, and a lot of it's been put on Pete Kwiatkowski and his defense. And I wanted to ask you, do you think it's more the problem is more based on the schemes and the lack of adjustments, or the problem is more on the mental psyche that Sarkeesian keeps harping on? Um, seems like it's both right now. Definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily, uh, you know, more than, than one over the other, but I think when it comes down to, you know, the psyche and, and just being more confident, I think, you know, the one thing that's, that Sarkeesian can do, um, you know, and not just calling plays that have a chance to be more successful, but the amount of confidence that he shows in his team, you know, to execute plays, you know, that maybe aren't base plays in the offense, like, you know, duo inside zone, you know, outside zone, you know, some of those, those schemes that Texas really leans heavily on and, and give them a chance to prove that they, that they can execute some of the other stuff when they need to get out of a funk, because, you know, Sark thinks that when they have been given the opportunity to do that, uh, they've been able to. Yeah. And just by, based on what he said after the Oklahoma game, the Oklahoma state game, and even today after his Monday press conference, it doesn't seem like he thinks it's a scheme issue or an adjustment issue. He, he was asked by Mr. Chip Brown about how does he think they, this coaching staff has done with adjustments compared to other teams adjustments. And he, he said adequate. I think we do, we do an adequate job. He's been happy about um, some of the ways in all three phases, they've been able to adjust coming out of the second half, but then he continued to talk about just the mental psyche and, and finishing or just doing your job really. And he touched on just defensively, just going in the wrong gaps in that fourth quarter against Oklahoma state and guys coming to the sideline and saying, and knowing that, you know, they missed their gap, but it seems like it's this, you know, once you lose, you just keep losing type of mental, the fragile, the fragile psyche is that once everything starts going bad, it's just this Texas team. They just can't figure out a way, you know, the, the flip it to the other side. Right. And I think you're, you're accurate, um, you know, with the, the do your job mentality, because, I think what can happen in, in a lot of those situations and, you know, it's something that the Texas players, defensive players have, you know, alluded to is that, um, you know, they, they kind of get into a situation where they feel like they need to make a play. And so they, they lose that assignment sound mentality. And that just requires, you know, a level of trust with your teammates. Um, you know, you have to be able to trust the guy next to you that they're going to be in the right place so that if you do your job and they, do their job, then you'll be able to execute on a play. But, you know, once guys, you know, start kind of going rogue a little bit, then then that trust like really, really quickly breaks down. Um, and that's something that you know, I think we've seen from the Texas defense. So, you know, this weekend against Baylor, you know, really important against their wide zone scheme uh, to really be able to, to set the edge uh, to maintain that, that gap integrity because, you know, for a run first team like Baylor, um, if you're losing your your run fits, um, especially in the, in that wide zone scheme, uh, there's a possibility for you know the type of uh, consistent big plays that have really hurt Texas um, in the second half of the last two games. Yeah, they're going to test that again because I think this is going to be a, a pretty tight game on Saturday, and they're going to be running the ball down Texas's throat, especially in the second quarter or the second half. Excuse me, the third and fourth quarter. You know, will, will Texas you know continue to fall apart defensively? in the second half, like they did against Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, and not do their job and not trust themselves. And then will that lead to a third straight loss? And, you know, basically effectively not Texas out of the Big 12 
championship putt. Uh, back to the finishing games. Is there a fix for it? Is there a simple, I guess not a simple fix, but you know, what can, what do you think, what have you seen that Texas can do to be able to close out these games? Because there's a scenario where Texas is what, six and one right now? Yeah, yeah there definitely is. Um, I think it, it comes back to really just playing complimentary football. Um, you know, the offensive line needs to execute better. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, when the offensive line isn't executing, needs to figure out the plays that he can dial up uh, to be able to produce yards and, and to keep the offense on the field so that the defense uh, isn't spending, you know, two thirds of the second half on, on the field, because, you know, that's a, that's a recipe for, for failure. And, and some of these, you know, breakdowns that, that Texas has been having over the last couple of weeks. So I, I think, you know, if the players can, and get refocused on on maintaining more discipline uh, with their with their run fits um, in the second half, and, and if they're not so fatigued, that is uh, you know something that will that will really help them. And of course, and having Demarvin Overshone, uh, you know, back will will help as well. Baylor opens as a two and a half game favorite over Texas. Did you uh, did you expect that when this season started that Baylor would be favored in this game in October? I don't think that I would have expected that. Um, you know, Baylor, I think, pretty clearly takes the mantle of the, um, you know, the biggest surprise in, in the Big 12 this season. Yeah, definitely. I think I've seen some predictions where they were picked to only be above Kansas in the Big 12 race. And right now, they're neck and neck for that Big 12 title spot alongside uh, Iowa State. Anything else before we wrap up? Winning is really, really hard. Hopefully, Texas won the bye week. Um, that's one thing we're discussing before we started recording. Um, but we didn't hear if they went 1-0 this week from Sark. So No no more updates on that anymore. Although, Sark did say he was, he was happy with um, with the way they practiced this morning. So, you know, Texas Texas on Monday, I think, uh, you know, probably went 1-0. It's uh, not even early afternoon yet, but 1-0 um, for Texas today. I think we can call it. I guess we'll be back later this week with some one more podcast, right? Before sure. take a deeper look at Baylor. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Wes Scott, thanks for the time. And um, winning, still hard. Yep. Hope you get out there. Winning's hard. Really, really hard.